Let's talk about what everybody else wants to hear about because they don't care about no job. They don't care about no business. They don't no, care about no nonprofit. Don't. They want to know how is it that there is a woman in 2023 who is 28 years old who is still a virgin? Because as you can imagine, that's not a, a popular choice in this day and age, right? So talk to us mm -hmm. about your journey thus far. What caused you to hold on to your virginity and what's your intentions to give it up, if ever? Hello, beautiful people. I hope all is well. I hope all is well. Welcome back to another episode of The Single Season hosted by me, Allison Wellington, better known as Align with Allison. This week's episode features Gigi, who's struggling with a lot of complicated issues around her dating and relationship experience. But before we get into the episode, I'd like to thank this season's sponsor, Knox Brand Media, the go-to brand coach for six and seven figure millennial entrepreneurs. Please be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and give me a five-star rating if you think this content is five-star worthy. And as usual, I have some free resources to offer you if you listen through the end of the episode and in the show notes. So let's get to it. Hi, Gigi. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. I'm fine. Welcome to the single season show. And so I've told our audience that you've been facing some struggles in your dating and relationship experience. So I want to turn the mic over to you, Gigi. Tell us what's the biggest issue, the biggest hurdle that you're facing in regards to your dating experience? Yeah, I mean, I am just in a season of transition. I actually um, have just kind of jumped into a new venture with starting a nonprofit about a year ago, and I'm leaving my current position to kind of pursue that part time. Um, and am honestly, I feel like prior was really kind of closed off to being able to date because of the job that I had. But I mean, now I'm out there and I'm I'm. I'm finally finding freedom and choosing myself. And um, now I just really am excited to kind of lean into this next um, season of my life with dating. And I just want to kind of get some advice on where to move, how to move in this season. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to talk about the fact that I kind of am 28 and still a virgin. <laughs> So that always kind of throws a wrench in there. Hello, beautiful people. I hope all is well. I hope all is well. Of course, you're familiar with me. My name is Allison, certified dating and relationship coach. And I'm sure you've seen all of my testimonials, the engagements and the weddings and the babies. And I help my clients to bring those relationship goals to fruition through my six-month coaching program, The Partner You Deserve. In that program, I teach my clients how to navigate dating both online and online offline and how to work on becoming the best versions of themselves for themselves, but also so that they can energetically attract the partner that they claim that they deserve. I want you to think about the struggles you've had in the, of dating in the past. I want you to think about when you were 30, 35, 40, 45, and the fact that you aren't where you want to be. At some point, something has to change. So what you're going to do is you're going to click the link below and you are going to book a consultation call so that both of us can discuss how I can help you to get the rings and tings. Okay, so let's start with work because you started with work, so we're going to start with work, okay? Mm -hmm. sure. Now, what were you doing prior that you felt as though your work was holding you back from being able to date appropriately? 
Yeah, um, I was actually working in the nonprofit space, but with children. Um, and we were an after school program that did summer camp as well. I think it's not necessarily that it was holding me back from dating because I was meeting people going on dates in that time. I think just realistically, when you're caring for other humans, um, you don't realize it until after a while that you put a lot of other people first. Mm. And when you're pouring into other humans, especially younger humans, you know, your capacity does get limited. And so I was coming home really exhausted. Um, I didn't really want to talk to anybody after work. I was I was really just depleted. And I, I don't even think I gave myself enough. Mm. And so I think that, that translated to a partner as well. Understood. But you're talking about starting your own nonprofit, starting a business. They call a business a baby. So how is that going to differ in terms of giving you the energy, the drive in order for you to begin to get your romantic life together? Good question. I think that's where I'm kind of trying to figure things out. Um, I'm taking a a couple of months really to just figure out what I really want and figure out if this is something I want to pursue. And if it is, which I hope it is, um, I think I've had to readjust and reevaluate how I plan to prioritize myself. The beauty in, in this season with starting a nonprofit is that I get to be the boss, right? I get to choose the culture I wanna create for other people, the culture I wanna create and the work life I wanna create for myself. And now I get to actually focus on how to really balance that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that sounds like a perfect answer for an interview. But I'm going <laughs> to tell you, Gigi, I mean, it was well, well said. I see why you're starting your own nonprofit. But in reality, I need folks to understand that dating is a job. It, it, it requires work. Not yeah. a full-time job, but a job yeah. nonetheless. Think, I want you to think about dating like going to the gym. Like there is a goal mm-hmm. that you have in mind. If it's lose 10 pounds, if it's get some abs that show, maybe like the little V, whatever your goal is in the gym, maybe you just want to get stronger or whatever that might look like. And you're tired and you don't want to go to the gym, but you got to get your butt up and you got to go mm-hmm. anyway. That is the same thing with dating. I felt mm-hmm. depleted. I'm pouring into little people. Girl, you got to get up. Girl, get up. Like they say, right? Mm-hmm. Like you still got to go. So it's the event that starts at nine and you're tired and you know you have work the next day, you have a meeting, you have this, you have to push through. Because the only mm-hmm. way that you're gonna be able to get into the loving, committed relationship that you desire is first putting yourself in a position to be seen. You gotta go yeah. outside or virtually seen, you gotta get on dating apps. So mm-hmm. I'm, I am concerned that this new position is not going to afford you the flexibility that you think it will, at least at first, maybe not in the six, first six months, maybe not in the first year, right? Because this is, this is going to be your baby. And then it's going to take a while, for, I imagine, for you to build it out and then for you to have more staff. So you're going to be the social media manager. You're going to be the cook. You're going to be doing like, everything. You're going to be the, the, the bookkeeper, every job imaginable. So it's going to be a yeah. lot. So you have one of two options. Number one, you can prioritize the nonprofit, the business for the next six months or the next year. That's what you will focus on and put dating on the back burner. Or you have to decide for yourself to say, I don't care how tired I am. I'm going to push myself. I'm going to go out socially. I'm going to go on dating apps. I'm going to have conversations. That's not only text message because that's what's convenient to me because I'm in the middle Mm -hmm. of meetings. I'm going to get on the phone. I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to be tired. Mm, that's, that's something that you have to decide that you're going to do from from now. So it's either mm-hmm. I'm starting this business. I'm going to put that in the forefront. I'm going to put a pause on dating for the next six months. If someone comes across my path naturally, fine. If they don't, that's fine, too. Or 
I understand that I'm going to be overwhelmed and tired with this business, but I'm still going to push through like I would for the gym. I'm going to push through and I'm going to continue to date because it's a part-time job. It's effort, it's energy, it's time consuming. Just like a job, sometimes it's rewarding and many times like a job, it's not. Right. right? So that's And it's that's something I want. One. Yeah, it's something I want. So I'm not, I am not um, pushing away the work. Like I, I do want to finally date. I feel like I've put this on the back burner for a really long time. So I think it is time for me to get out there and be uncomfortable for a little while. But you, like you said, I mean, the work will, and that, that's the thing, the work always is going to be there. It is. It is. Yep. So you you have to push through anyway. Got to push through anyway. All right, Gigi. So now let's talk about what everybody else wants to hear about because they don't care about no job. They don't care about no business. They don't no, care about no nonprofit. They want to know how is it that there is a woman in 2023 who is 28 years old who is still a virgin? Because as you can imagine, that's not a, a popular choice in this day and age, right? So talk to us mm -hmm. about your journey thus far. What caused you to hold on to your virginity and what's your intentions to give it up, if ever? If ever. No, it's definitely not a like a death sentence. I'm not trying to die a saint. Um, <laughs> I, I think originally it kind of came from, you know, I, I grew up in a church culture um, you know, where that is kind of, kind of something that's put on a pedestal. But um, I, I do think also it came from like root, deeply rooted self-esteem issues, like not feeling worthy, not feeling attractive enough. And I think as I grew, I was always saying, okay, well, you know, once I got to college, I would date somebody and I'd meet someone. And then college came and went and I did the Peace Corps. I lived across the country to uh, um, in another country. And I didn't want to date there. So mm -hmm. that kind of came and went. Grad school came and went. And then here we are. And, you know, life just has happened. I think the older I've gotten, the more convicted I felt about just giving it to anybody or having, you know, I don't even want to entertain everybody. So it's like, if I'm not entertaining everybody with my time, why would I give them my body? You know, so Understood. that's really what it comes down to. It's so ironic that you say, Gigi, that one of the reasons why you held on to your virginity was because of not feeling worthy, where many times that's the reason why people become so sexually active is because they're seeking validation and they're seeking feeling, um, feeling sexy or feeling wanted or feeling handsome or feeling beautiful through sex. So that was the exact mm -hmm. opposite for you. So how has it been dating, though? Because I'm sure you've had a boyfriend or two or three. What has that experience been like knowing what? Did they know or what What was that like? Yeah, so I mean, I've not really had a serious relationship, but I have dated a couple of guys. And I mean, you know, that's a topic that definitely comes up. I've been very transparent. Um, I honestly don't like to waste time by not saying anything because it's like, if this is something that I keep as an expectation, I don't want to waste your time. I definitely don't want to waste mine um, with you thinking that that's going to be an obvious. Um, I, I have been physically intimate with partners before, but I mean, I do kind of make it very clear like that is a threshold. So everybody's pretty much on the same page. Um, now, I think 
in recent years, it hasn't been as much of a problem because I haven't really been as active in my dating life because I was working once again. So I kind of we all working. Everybody got it. I know. I know. So it's not because you were working. It's because you prioritized work. I prioritized work. Okay. I mean, in the pandemic, like I just prioritized that. And I also really, to be honest, I prioritized my healing too. Like, so I was really learning about myself through counseling and just really taking my time to like, put myself in a better position to attract what I really wanted and not just, you know, these guys that I didn't really like. Um, And so I think between all of those things, like I've kind of become more aware and more have a more sound and full picture of what I really want in a partner. And I feel like I'm finally in the space where I'm actually attracting what I want. So understood. Mm -hmm. So what is your intention? Is it waiting until engagement, waiting until Mm -hmm. marriage? What does that look like for you? Hello, beautiful people. You know I always say that faith without works is dead. So let's put in some work so that you can be found by the partner that you deserve. If you're not ready for full-on coaching yet, then it's time for you to join the Future Wives Club. It is a private community where I teach how to navigate dating successfully in 2023 and beyond. What does it offer? We have 120 plus hours of past Q&As, all of my past trainings and ebooks. We have a monthly insight session, pop-up mini trainings. I check in with you twice a week to make sure that you're staying accountable and you're going outside so that you can position yourself to be found by the partner that you deserve. We have Wifey Wednesdays where I send you morning affirmations. There's discounts off of coaching and masterclasses. And lastly, And most importantly, we are building a community of sisterhood of like-minded women who have the same goals and aspirations as you do. So what I need you to do is click below, join us in the Future Wives Club. It costs less than your daily cup of coffee. Take action. That's the only way that you're going to see the difference that you desire. I don't really know yet. I think my goal is to... I I would like to say waiting until marriage. I think um, that's something that I think now I feel more spiritually convicted of um, as I've grown in my relationship with God. But I think at the same time, you know, I'm not a prude. I'm not someone that's like, you don't touch me. I know I have desires and needs. I know my partner probably will too, surely. So um, I think, you know, it'll be something that I leave between us to decide. Okay, I, I think that that flexibility is key and important. So mm-hmm. how do you introduce this? Have you had to introduce, because you said it's been a couple of years, have you had to introduce this, hey, this is the boundary and I'm not crossing it until I feel comfortable. How has it been accepted? Honestly, surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. I originally thought that it was gonna be like a huge item of contention, um, but the guys that I've dated and talked to in the last two or three years even have been um, really flexible and, and understanding and also just like, wow, like you're a unicorn. Like, how does that feel? But I mean, for the most part, it's well received. Um, and it's a boundary that, you know, we we both agree to make sure we don't cross. Um, and it's never really gotten to a point where it had to be a deep conversation of like, OK, how long are we doing this? But um yeah, it's it's been pretty well received. I've been really proud of my choices in the guys that I've been talking to. Good, good. But why hasn't it moved forward? Is it only because of work? Because if you're finding gentlemen, you said that you are aligned with, you're attracting the types of guys that you like, and you had the concerns about the virginity issue. It doesn't seem to be an issue. Why aren't we able to build commitment moving forward? That's a good question. I think in the 
I would say in the last year or so, I was still kind of dealing with, you know, just not, I found some really quality guys, but they still weren't the right people for me. Mm. So I think um, I really, really up until about maybe like late last year have, have just been kind of dealing with, you know, meeting a lot of really good guys that weren't available emotionally or like actually with their with their current life situations and where they wanted to be and and involving me in relationships so i think this is actually like the first season of my life where i'm like 100 percent confident to really get out there and pursue relationship and also kind of starting to be introduced because i haven't really gone on a lot of dates in this year yet but i'm finally being able to be introduced to guys that are actually what I've been hoping for and what I want to attract. Mm -hmm. So I think in this season, like, like I've kind of been alluding to, I'm really hoping to have more conversations around that, that will actually lead to real relationship. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So this is what I would advise for you to do in order for you to be found by the partner that you deserve. So we already talked about pushing through. So it's either I'm going to put it on to the side for the next six months, year for the business to settle, or it's I'm going to push through. I recognize that this is work. It's hard work, but I'm going to be intentional. This is what I want right now, and I don't want to wait until 2024. So you'll make that decision, right? Either way it goes, this is the advice that I'm going to highly recommend for you. Number one, and it seems like you've kind of already done this, but number one, I need you to write down exactly what you're looking for in a partner. What are mm -hmm. the behaviors and traits that your partner must seemingly have, or potential partner, because they're not your partner yet, but potential partner must seemingly have in order for you to continue to date them. So my recommendation to my clients and my coaching program, the partner you deserve is six. One, two, three, four, five, six things, behaviors, traits, requirements, non-negotiables that that partner must seemingly have. Why do I only have six? Because if I gave women 30, they give me 30. If I gave them 50, they give me 50. If I gave them 100, they would give me 100. And that's not practical. It's not realistic. Now, of course, we are multifaceted. So no one person is only six things and they can have more than what you even put on your paper. They will have more. But this is what I'm talking about as non-negotiables, lines in the sand. If they don't have this, there is nothing to talk about. Now, your non-negotiables need to be written or stated in the positive. So not I don't want a cheater, but I want someone who is faithful. Right. I don't want a bum. I want someone who's hardworking. So you're always going to make your statement in a positive way because you want to exude positive energy so that en positive energy is then brought right back to you. All right. So that's number one, six non-negotiables. Behaviors or traits that your potential partner must seemingly have in order for you to continue to date them. I say seemingly because it's a process, Gigi. That means that we are constantly assessing over time. I'm not going to ask him what he does for work. He says he's a police officer. Oh, check off. He's a hardworking guy. No, maybe he is, hides out at the job. He's always at the, the, uh, the, the donut shop, right, when calls are being made. He's hiding. Out. So this is a constant assessment over time. I like to compare it to school. You work with little mm -hmm. ones, so I'm sure you can appreciate this. We don't just start kindergarten and then wait around for, I don't know, 16 years, 18 years, and then we go to high school and college, right? Like, no, you have to go to kindergarten, to first grade, first grade to second grade. What happens? You have state tests. You have essays, you have projects, you have assignments, you have presentations, you have dioramas, you have constant assessments to see, is this little one ready from kindergarten to first grade? Okay, they're ready, first grade to second, second to third. So this is a constant assessment over time, all right? That's why I say mm -hmm. seemingly have. 
So what are those traits? You have to decide for you. No one can tell you what your non-negotiables should be because your non-negotiables come from you. The things that you desire, what you require, what you have, or you can complement. So if, you're, if we're talking about men in this particular case, you don't have to be the equivalent to them, but there should be a compliment. Think about yin and yang, right? So it's not that I want a guy who uh, makes $100,000, even though we could talk about money in an, on another episode, but let's just put it out there for the sake of argument. I want a guy who makes $100,000, so Allison is saying that I have to make $100,000. No, if you're saying that you want a guy who is a good steward of money, you should be a good mm-hmm. steward of money. If you're saying that mm-hmm. you want a guy who's financially sound, you should be financially sound. So we're not talking about very specific figures. We're not talking about being exact matches of. We are women to men. We're never going to be exact matches. We should be complementary if that is your partner, okay? So we said six non-negotiables. Make sure you write them down that they're clear. Make sure that they are positive and make sure that they are things that you value, things that you have, or things that you can complement with your partner. That's number one. Number two, and that's a long number one. Number two, I need you to write down your relationship goals. So your relationship goals are going to be the things that you want to build, the fruit that you want to grow and foster from the relationship. So that is my husband and I are going to create a safe space where he and I can express our needs without judgment, right? That's one example at the top of my head. What are he and I going to do together? My husband and I are going to create generational wealth so that our children don't have to take out student loans and we can provide for them until it's time for them to leave our house. Something like that. What, are he, what is he and I going to do together to create blank? All right. Now, mm-hmm. once you're clear on those two things, this is the last point I'm going to leave you with because I don't want to overwhelm you. Once you're clear on those two things, you are then going to come up with a list of questions and a list of behaviors that a person that you would ask this person in order to assess that they have what you're looking for. So if you said that you want a man who's hardworking, that means you need to be asking him, what do you do for work? Do you enjoy your work? Do you see yourself doing something else? If you could do something else, what would you do after retirement? What's your plan? So you're coming up with questions based on those non-negotiables and based on those goals or behaviors that you would see based on those non-negotiables, based on those goals. And then you ask those questions. Now, you don't overwhelm. So if you're on date number one and one of your non-negotiables is hardworking, that's the only line of questioning that you're looking for, that you're assessing for the day. Now, other conversation will open up. It might be natural. You go in other directions. But in your mind, it's today's goal, because this is work, is to assess if this man is hardworking. That's the only line of questioning that I'm going to lead. Everything else is going to be a nice, fluid conversation. Again, I know that's a lot which is why I work with my clients in a six-month program, The Partner You Deserve, to break down all of these things. Or for people who aren't in a position to join coaching, I have the Future Wives Club and I have trainings and all that stuff because it's a lot of info. I don't want to overwhelm you, but based on what we discussed, do you have any questions? No, I think it was pretty clear. And I feel like it's something that I can actually apply when I go on a date. So thank you. I'm glad. Thank you, Gigi, for being a guest. It was a pleasure having you. And thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing. And I think that a lot of folks can learn from your experience. So thank you again for being a guest. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a good one. So being a virgin in this day and age is probably very much unicorn, right? Especially for anyone who's in their 20s and up. However, I still think that there's something that we can take 
from this conversation so that we can have our closing conversation right here and right now, which is you're going to be different in some form or fashion, and that's okay. The key that we heard from Gigi is that she's upfront about whatever expectations a potential partner must have so that she is avoiding conflict, so she's avoiding disappointment. And so if there is something that's different or special or outstanding about you that you think may cause, because she said it hasn't really been an issue, but it may cause conflict or may cause an issue, you definitely want to be upfront about it so that you can avoid a lot of the potential conflict that could come from it. Guys, I want to thank you so much for listening to another episode of the single season. Please make sure that you like and share and subscribe and hit the notification bell and comment and five star and all of those things so I can continue to create content like this for you, quality content around dating and relationships that really talks about the issues that a lot of people are just sliding over but not doing a deep dive. So thank you again. I am your host, Allison Wellington. It has been a pleasure and have a good one.